This morning's gospel lesson is written in the gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter, beginning with the 31st verse. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I was preparing for this uh, for Sunday, I was thinking, you know, the fact that my wife, Denny, is a speech therapist, gave, it gives me a, a perspective on this gospel uh, that I want to share with you. Denny works with little children that have speech impediments, children that have autism, but she works also with children that are deaf, some of them profoundly deaf. In fact, the province of British Columbia, because of the work she's done, put her on a committee, a provincial committee, uh, under the Ministry of Health. And, and uh, what this committee did, or is continuing to do, is they, in the lower mainland, for quite a time now, every child that is born in the lower mainland when, as soon as they're born and they get their APGAR score. And the next thing they do is they test the baby's hearing using an electronic device because, you know, you can't say to the baby, can you hear me now? I mean, they don't respond. But they have an electronic device that tests the hearing. And they can find even small variations, small variations in hearing loss. Now, it's really important that they do this, and it's, it, it's, it's, what it's going to do is it's going to transform, in time, our whole society. Because if they identify a hearing loss early and they can correct it, that child will speak normally. Without identifying that loss early, it's possible that that child will not speak or will not speak properly. She works with these little, she has a couple of little girls, and one of them is Sierra and the other one is Michaela. These girls were born stone deaf. 
stone deaf. And then what the, what, uh, and they found that out immediately. So that, then what they did was doctors did what's called a cochlear implant. They put an electrode into their cochlea and they hook it up to the nerves in the brain so that when it gets stimulated, it actually stimulates the part of the brain that need to be stimulated for you to learn to talk. Because see, your, your brain, your mind is wired to hear and to speak. And that's why we speak. Because our brain is wired that way. You can't study for it. It's there. And so, the, you know, so when you look at this gospel lesson, it's so beautiful. 2,000 years ago, they said, the man was deaf and he couldn't speak because the two go together. If you cannot hear, you cannot speak. And your brain is different than other people's brains because if your ears work, then parts of your brain get stimulated and you can hear and, you can, and, and then it triggers what's already in you and you can speak. And you know, the amazing thing is that if you take an adult who's born deaf and then give them hearing in later life, they can't speak because the parts of the brain that needed to be stimulated when they were children weren't. And because of that, they can't speak. And so when I look at this, when I look at this account of this miracle, I see just what a miracle it really was. That we're not talking about something simple. We're talking about that Jesus renewed this man's mind. Jesus made this man a new creation. And you know what? Even that text, 2,000 years old, verifies what I say. If you look at the end, what do the people say? They say, people were overwhelmed. He has done everything well. That takes us back to creation. When God created humanity, created everything, the heavens and the earth and all of humanity, and then what does God say? It's all good. They could see, these people could see that what, in what Jesus did that day was to recreate that man and say, and it is good. This man is good. What Jesus did is good because Jesus recreated him. Why? Out of grace, out of love, out of the Lord's understanding that this man was defective. We're all defective. This man stands for every one of us. You know what's amazing? If you go, you get onto the Bible gateway, you go under word search, and you put in the word deaf, and just say, give me all of the verses in the Bible that talk about deafness. And boy, you'll be surprised what comes up. Throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, what does God say about God's people? And what does he say about the people of the world? But that they are deaf. They can hear, but they are deaf. And the worst thing is, at least this guy understood that he had a defect and he needed God to help him. But the thing about the people of Israel was they thought that they had 20-20 hearing. 
that they didn't, they heard God, they know God, I know everything about God. But God said, no, you're deaf, you're deaf, you're profoundly deaf. You can't hear a thing. And so if you can't hear, how can you possibly do what the Word says if you can't hear it? But oh, that your ears would be open. Oh, that you would hear. Oh, that you would turn to me and that you would repent. Oh, that you would come to me and let me heal you. The problem with us is we think we can hear. We think we can hear God's word. We think we can do what God says. That's the problem. But if we really take this gospel lesson to heart, God says that's not the case. You're deaf. And so what we should say is, Jesus, heal me. I want you to stick your fingers into my ears. I want you to touch my tongue. I want you to change me. I want you to change me. You know, it's amazing. You know, and Isaiah, if you look at the call of Isaiah, when, when God comes to Isaiah, he has a vision of a throne room. He has a vision of the holy God. He has a vision of the hosts of heaven. And he is, he's struck dumb. And you know, I, I don't know, I've just committed to memory what Isaiah said. Lord, I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in a people or with a people of unclean lips. Isaiah was saying, Lord, when I am confronted with your holiness, I realize I can't talk. My tongue is tied. And I can't speak. You know, Job had the same feeling. And he was saying, if I get before God, I'm a pretty good talker. If I get before God and I state my case, God's going to say, Job, you're completely innocent, no problem. But when God came to Job, what did he say? That God said, okay, Job, what do you have to say? And Job said, I repent in sackcloth and ashes. I have nothing to say. See, Job and Isaiah understand that we really cannot speak and we really cannot hear God unless God recreates us, that God makes us a new creation, that Jesus touches us, that in His grace, he touches our ears, he touches our tongue, and then we can speak. You know, I don't know how many, I, I, when you look at the reading from uh, um, the, the second, the epistle from James, I mean, you know, listen to what James says. Um, Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I'm lost there already, right? You know that, right? right? It's like, talk first and say I'm sorry later. For a man's anger does not bring, him, uh, bring about the righteous life that God desires. Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. 
Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like a man who looks in the mirror and then turns around and forget what he looks like. You know, it's like this. James is saying, you come to church, you hear the message, you say, that's it, I'm going to go out and do it. And then as soon as you walk out the door in the first interaction that you have outside the church or maybe even in the, in the fellowship hall is you lose your cool and everything that you said you were going to do in church, you blew it as soon as you walked out the door. Right? You know, you get angry, somebody does something, and all of a sudden, boom, every little bit of good that the gospel may have done up in smoke, and you're not even home yet. James, those words are supposed to make us cringe and say, Lord, you're right, I can't do it. I can't. I mean, I can't, I mean, I think I can hear your word, but I don't know. I want to do what it says. Because, you know, because James is saying, you know what, the religion you practice, the religion that Pastor Ed practices, it's bad. It will get nobody anywhere, including Pastor Ed. But... The good news of the gospel is that if we admit it, that's the first thing. You have to admit. That's what God wants. I mean, that's what this family did with this man. They admitted, you know what, Jesus? We can't do anything for this boy, this man, whoever he is. But you can. And he changed him. I can't do, and nobody can do anything about me, not even me. Nobody can do anything about you, not even you. So what we have to do today, you know, so often people say things like, you know, so, uh, um, somebody said something to me, and I, I you know, and, and uh, from church or, or, or outside the church, and, and they said something disparaging about the church or disparaging about God or disparaging about Jesus. And I wanted to say something, but I couldn't. And Jesus would say, well, of course you couldn't. You're deaf and you're dumb. I mean, it's happened to me. You know, people will say something, and it's like I go, Jesus, I wish I could, <laughs> I could respond to what he said. Well, number one, you really didn't hear it because you're deaf, and number two, you really can't say anything, not in the state that you're in. So our prayer should be daily. Jesus, open my ears. Free my tongue. Give me faith. Renew me. Help me not to think about my faith in the old way. Help me not to see my faith in terms of traditions. Help me to see my faith in terms of a living relationship with God who touches me, who recreates me, who transforms me, who makes me into a new creation. That's, that's the Jesus I love. And that's what I want Jesus to do to me. And I know that is what you want Jesus to do to you. And guess what? Jesus touched you today with the gospel and opened your ears. And when you have the bread and the wine of Holy Communion, he's going to touch your tongue. And let's just pray, dear Jesus, when that happens today.
give me the joy of your salvation. Give me the courage to spread the, the gospel in the community. That's what we need. Help me to sow love where there's hate. Help me to sow understanding when there's disagreement. Help me to, to let your light shine in the darkness of my life and the lives of others. That's what we need to pray for. Amen.